On today's episode of the Nifty Nick Show, I am super excited to have on a product leader who made a joke which accidentally manifested into a company. That company, Meme, not only has become a hub for the NFT craze, but it has since merged with an even larger platform, hoping to further transform the NFT market. This show is all about learning from those with skin in the game in the world of NFTs, and as usual, today's guest is no exception, so let's get started. If you're looking for some crypto, you just found the right spot. We wrap it up, one of a kind, NFT straight to the top. Now don't go trading based on comments, we provide in this show. It's not investment advice, but our picks do tend to blow up. Like a rocket, they say. Many people have compared it to people's every day. So if you're trying to figure out what's going on in this space, please do not worry. Your boy Nifty Nick is hot on the case. Yeah. All right, we're back with another awesome guest. Today we have Jordan on the show. Uh, Jordan, welcome. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to kick things off. Uh, maybe you could just like introduce. You've gone through, there's like a transition that recently happened for uh, you started Meme. And now it's merged with Nifties. Is that correct? Uh, yes and no. It started Meme and then started Nifties. And Nifties actually acquired the tech of Meme. But there was not, not like a normal merger. It was just really acquired some of the tech. And, and Meme, Meme kind of lives on, as does Nifties, separately as like a sister company. Okay. But cool. yeah, so that's the arrangement. Cool. I do have to just say, as someone who has a publication called The Nifty, I like your name. For, for nifty. You too, Nifty Nick. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so let's go back a little bit. I want to jump into meme. I want to discuss nifties, but it would be useful to sort of set the stage in terms of how you got started in this space, because uh, it looks like you know you have had some experience in the crypto space and DeFi leading up to uh, this tweet of yours, which materialized into you know w- what exists today. Yeah, for sure. So we can go. We can go back. I've always kind of been interested in tech and business and startups and uh, all that fun stuff. So it was probably on Reddit or Hacker News where I saw what was going on with Bitcoin. You have to see it a couple times before you really get into it, but uh, was was early in Bitcoin, 2012, 2013. But it was really just kind of cool just to watch the price go up and down and up and up and up and down and down and down. But it wasn't until... Ethereum came out where it was like, man, think of all the products we can build on this. And, you know, Ethereum with the smart contract, and it's, it's just kind of a game changer as a product guy of what, of what we can do with this tech. So that's when it really opened my eyes that this is, this is a much bigger opportunity than just something like digital gold. But my background is in, is in uh, you know, entrepreneur. I started several companies. I created a mobile app company. And I sold it in 2014 to a company called JibJab. And, and JibJab is, for decades now, has been, you know, making fun, silly, animated content. And um, I was there for four years. And then I just felt the calling to just go build on Ethereum. And then I, that's when I jumped over to working full-time on a, in crypto. I was the chief product officer at uh, Total. T-O-T-L-E, that's a decentralized exchange aggregator. And I was there for a couple of years as, as chief product officer. And then this thing called DeFi kind of sprung up and um, consensus came calling and they said, hey, we're starting a new, a new DeFi group within consensus. Can you run it? So I did. So I, um, I was at consensus for a couple of years and I 
my teams built several products within consensus and within the DeFi space. And then I would say, yeah, about a month ago, the, the timeline is, is very blurry right now, but the, uh, back in March, I left consensus to go full-time NFTs. And that's when I started up nifties and, um, just kind of started pushing the gas on meme. And so, so here we are today. I can go into the meme, the meme history a little bit, if you'd like, and talk about that, or where would you like to go? No, I think that'd be great. We can uh, discuss uh, the meme or like what, what meme is and how it got started. That would definitely be, I think, a good starting place. Sure, sure. Yeah. So during my time at Consensus, I worked on a number of different teams, but at the time, and maybe one of the ones that I'm, that I look back most fondly at is my time on the DeFi score. And what the DeFi score was and is, uh, is this objective way to quantify risk in DeFi. You know, there's, this was a couple of years ago where it wasn't as crazy as it is now, but it was still kind of like, okay, do I lend money on Compound or Aave or DYDX? Uh, if I'm lending my stable coins, I can get a return. Uh, but how do I know, do I just chase the highest rate or do, is there any kind of element of risk? There wasn't a lot of people thinking about risk. So we had the idea of building almost like a ratings agency on the blockchain uh, as it relates to, to DeFi. So I was thinking a lot about risk in crypto and risk in DeFi. That was my, that was my day job, right? But then by night, I'm a, I'm a trader. I participate in DeFi and I'm joining yield farming pools and I'm essentially a degen, right? So risk guy at consensus by day, DeFi degen by night. So it was this weird balance. So as a guy building a product focused on risk and protecting new users as a means of onboarding the masses, there was this conflict. So I posted this silly tweet and it was really a, a mock-up of a fake product that I had just came up with. I had the idea of a silly silly product called the degenerator. So instead of the generator, it's the degenerator. And it was really satire aimed at the crazy nature of developers within DeFi. Uh, and this, this kind of like YOLO test and prod, let's just release, let's just release a smart contact to production, see millions of dollars funnel into it. And it's been untested and you know that's it's cool that there's that we have the ability to experiment in real time and test and and, and test with with lots of money on the line however that's not safe that's not helpful in onboarding new users right that's pretty pretty scary yeah um yeah. so it was commentary on that and um i said you know i, I created this this silly product called the degenerator and i said the whole idea was that you could spin up a DeFi protocol in as little as five minutes. And instead of, you know, going through the code and, and, and really taking your time and building something that can scale and get the code audited, it was really cook a couple of buttons, choose your emoji, and then submit it to mainnet. So that was the whole idea. It was almost like WordPress for deploying DeFi protocols. And in this little logo chooser in this little picker that allows you to pick an emoji i happened to select the pineapple so that was it and i submitted that tweet and it got a lot of laughs uh, i thought it would get a few retweets and people would get a chuckle out of it i spent the 45 minutes 
designing this thing. I thought it was enough, but the community had other had other intentions, and um, it kind of spun out of control. This tweet went viral, and then um, I said, "Hey, how can I how can I borrow from this viral little mini sensation? How can I uh, use this momentum?" As a as an opportunistic you know entrepreneur product builder, I wanted to do something with this with this interest. So I created a Telegram group, and we we quickly had a few dozen people in here just like laughing at the joke. Hey, this is fun. This is funny. Is this a real product? A lot of people had questions, and then uh, the rest, as they say, is history. So what started as just a silly joke turned into this community group on Telegram, and then someone had the bright idea of, hey, let's create a token. And uh, this token was airdropped to everyone in the community. So this early community was really just called the Degenerator after the name that I gave this product. But that's a horrible name for a token. So we just quickly came up with the idea of calling it the meme token. And okay, well, what's the logo for this token? Well, on the the inspiration was this tweet. And in this tweet, I chose the pineapple emoji. So that became the, the brand for this token. And, and this, meanwhile, this Telegram group is just filling up. And is this a real project? Is this not? Is this is this a scam? Is this not? And really, all it was was just a silly, stupid airdrop token that early members of the community received. And that was it. There was nothing else there. And um, I was actually telling people not to buy it because there's there's nothing. There's no protocol. There's nothing backing it. So I said, don't buy memes. And then I thought, wow, that has a nice ring to it. So I'm going to go buy the domain, don'tbuymeme.com. So there are many memes and inside jokes and things like that, but that's the one that's stuck around. And um, it, it started to go in this weird territory of, is it real? Is it a scam? Is it a meme token or is it a real project? And I said, hey, here's, here's the chance. I, my name's attached to this thing. I don't want it to go down pump and dump territory here's a chance to actually go build something cool. We already have an audience. Let's go build a product. Mm -hmm. So I grabbed a couple engineers and they just happened to be in this channel or in, in the telegram channel at the time. And we went and built the meme protocol. And we, we, we asked ourselves, what's the, what's the memeiest thing that we can do? This is really, really early on in what's known as DeFi summer last year, right? It's hard to imagine, but this was eight months ago. And, um, NFTs were just starting to become interesting, kind of, again. That was way before this little, this mini, mini bump here. So it was, it was like, well, let's take yield farming, which is a big kind of trend. And then let's take NFTs, which are really fun. So we, we really built a protocol that pioneered this activity of NFT farming, almost like proof of work for NFTs. And this didn't exist before. Before you had to go buy an NFT. And now you can, take action that like farms the NFT. So for those that aren't aware, farming is really just locking up a token. You're staking or temporarily depositing a token. And then instead of earning interest, in this case, you're earning points. And we call those pineapple points. And then after some length of time, you're able to exchange the pineapple points for NFTs. And that just kind of took off. And it was really just a fun side project. It took the engineers 10 days to go from idea to mainnet Ethereum. And it was really just a fun, silly side project. We didn't think much of it, but the community kept growing and interest kept growing and everyone was just in love with this concept. 
And we just kind of kept going from there and iterating and continuing to evolve the product. And it was really this just crazy experience of where it was just a dumb little joke on Twitter and the community kind of took it and ran. And um, the token, I forget where the market cap is now, maybe around 40 million. This protocol now has tens of millions of dollars locked up in smart contracts that are staking. Uh, we've done millions of dollars in volume, both primary issuance on our platform and then the secondary issuance on OpenSea. We've done a lot for charity. We've got this amazing, passionate community. Uh, it's this, this crazy experience. And, you know, I, it prompted me to co-found nifties it prompted me to leave consensus and go all in on nfts it's really been this impactful moment and it's changed lives of a lot of different people and it all started was just this silly joke back in august (laughs) that story is so incredible and it's also something that seems so well it is a crypto story but it also seems just like something that could only happen um, in the crypto environment, just in the sense that right. like there's this like instant liquidity out of uh, and market out of just like a concept, basically. So I'm actually curious. So you built this uh, platform. At what point did those rewards actually materialize into an interesting NFT, or were you just minting them yourself, uh, or someone on the team, like the community, just contributing their own, and then those would get just uh, randomly drop to people's wallets like how did that occur well we actually built a full-scale product and a full-scale uh platform um where you know um his name's eric and he or et he goes by and he just started building and he grabbed his partner crypto farmer and they just went went to build and we kind of worked together on how how it would look and how it would work while they were building out the platform i was uh, with some others, we were tracking down artists. Let's start creating some NFTs. But really, it was it was rushed. Not necessarily rushed, but it was a short amount of time that we we built this entire model, where a series of smart contracts and this beautiful website, where if you deposit the meme token, you're earning these points, and then you can redeem these points for NFTs. So we built all that within just a week and a half. And we just kind of set it out there. At the same time, we launched two pools. So one, which was stake your NF- your meme tokens to earn regular NFTs. And then there was a second pool, which was stake LP tokens. So LP tokens is, you know, on the, for those that are familiar with Uniswap, you would go provide liquidity. So you would take both meme tokens and Ethereum and upload that to Uniswap market and then they'll hand you back almost like receipt of your deposit called LP tokens. So it would almost it was incentivizing liquidity where we had this second pool that had these special NFTs called, you know, legendary NFTs. And the only way to get legendary NFTs if it, is if you staked these LP tokens. So it was extra extra bit of fun, extra bit of incentive for people to go provide liquidity. And in doing that it kind of helps the entire economy helps the whole ecosystem because you're providing liquidity to make it easier for people to trade. But all that was built in under 10 days from tweet to mainnet launch, just a couple engineers and a couple community members trying to, trying to put this all together. So it all, it all happened so fast. And that was, 
that was, uh, yeah, back in August. And then it's kind of ever since just been evolving here and there. That's incredible. And I, I think you all did just release an update to it. So, I mean, it, it is living on. It's not like you uh, moved on to nifties and this is uh, dead in the water or stagnant. Like it continues to, uh, it continues to proceed, which is pretty awesome. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going strong. We released Meme V2 just a couple of weeks ago, and um, the response has been great. Like it, whereas I mentioned that the first version of the product was released in ten days, and then ever since then we've just kind of been evolving it and like bolting on new features. It started to accumulate a lot of tech debt and started to look like Frankenstein's monster, where you're just bolting features onto it. So uh, the team, we took a step back and said, okay, if we were building this thing from scratch, what would it look like? So we, we put a lot of attention into discovering new content and making it so that the UI really takes a back seat to the art itself and let the art and artists really take center stage. So that was the whole idea is to just improve the experience for users and then a lot of time and attention was put into making it easier to deploy new art and artist drops. So in the past, in V1, it took an engineer about three or four hours every time we wanted to do a, a new artist drop. Obviously, that doesn't scale. In the early days, that was okay. When we were only doing, when we were only testing this thing, when we were only doing one drop every couple of weeks, that was fine. But that doesn't scale. So now with this new system, it allows a non-engineer about 20 minutes to launch a new NFT drop. So from an engineer, four hours to a non-engineer, 20 minutes, it's a big saving. So that allows us a ton of flexibility and scalability where we can get creative with the quantity of art and the different, different ways to distribute. So we have auctions and we have the staking stuff and we sometimes mix it in with, with some other elements here. But yeah, this, this version two really allows us to uh, get flexible for new features and and you know new new ways of distribution down the road. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. And you also have a lot of awesome artists that are on here. I uh, just today I see um, one who I just interviewed, another one who I'm uh, trying to set up an interview with. Uh, so there's a pretty cool selection of artists, and the community continues to grow. So yeah, I mean it's it's really impressive what you've pulled off. Yeah, I was just going to give a shout out to Frank. Frank Wilder is here in the uh, in the room. So what's up, Frank? I'll also point out that Frank Wilder just did a drop on Meme today, and there's an open auction. If you go to don'tbuymeme.com, I'm not sure when you're publishing the podcast, but anybody that's listening live can check out don'tbuymeme.com and bid on the new. Uh, it's called Inside the Timeless Temple. It's part of Wilder World. It's a great piece, and it comes with a you know, part of the collection is three individual items that went to to the farm. So whether you want to bid on the auction itself or start staking meme to earn pineapples and get in one of these other other amazing NFTs, I, I definitely suggest checking it out. Frank and his team, they're amazing, amazing creators. Just the, the <laughs> saying if you want to stake pineapples is like, I don't know if that gets old for you. Um, but, but, no uh, but, but, but it's so, it's so ludicrous and simultaneously incredible at the same time, just, um, the potential of what's going on here. And I think, uh, it's representative kind of of the NFT space as a whole and, and just a snapshot of this moment in time with even mm -hmm. now there's a lot of stuff with DAOs again, 
which it's it's difficult to understand oftentimes with some of the DAOs. Like some, they're being spawned up for all sorts of random reasons at any given uh, moment in time. And I don't know if that's uh, just a sign of the exuberance that exists right now. That may be part of it, but it's altogether awesome. And, and what you all have built is a hub. Um, so that's great. So I'm curious what the transition was. You know, Nifty's so far uh, has come out as a essentially a big press announcement, announcing funding. I think there was another press release, at least it showed up in my uh, feed reader, uh, that mentioned you had hired a, a chief legal. Actually, I don't know what her title is, but um, it did pop up and it looks like you're assembling an executive team. What is Nifty's? Yeah, great question. So Nifty's is a social media platform built on NFTs. So everything, if, if you look around, a lot of these NFT platforms are very transactional. They're almost variations of eBay, right? Where if you're an artist and you've got, you've got a supply of art, you can sell them. And if you've got a lot of money, if you're an ETH whale, you can buy NFTs. And that's long and short of it for a lot of these platforms. What we discovered at Meme is that there's a whole community that get really excited about the art and looking at the art and discussing it with community members, being part of the story, talking to the artists. And there's so much more around this community than just the simple buying and selling. So we thought, okay, well, how can we, how can we make that possible for the masses? So what, what Nifty's is, is an NFT platform that aggregates NFTs from around the ecosystem, right? So we'll issue NFTs on Nifty's directly, but uh, at the same time, just kind of start, start this platform. We'll be aggregating NFTs from, from everywhere. So, so for many Ethereum NFT platform, we'll pull those in. And it's really the best place to view these things because we're, we're p- putting a lot of time and attention of, on display and how, how do we show off and provide the best, the best place to show off your NFTs. And then it'll take on social features where you'll be able to like your favorite NFTs and follow your favorite artists. Uh, one, one thing that I'm really excited about is the ability to create playlists. And I think what's really, one of the things that's missing in NFTs right now is curation. And, and some projects are working on in this area, but I think it's under undertapped or untapped. And that's the ability to, okay, let's say I don't have a lot of money. Let's say I don't produce art, but I still want to get involved. Maybe I, I have an eye for talent. I have an eye for art. So even if I don't own the NFTs, I'm able to collect them, so to speak, and, and put them in, in galleries. And I, I can say, okay, here's, here are my favorite NFTs. Here's my wish list. And then, hey, this might, these might be my favorite sports NFTs. So really, anyone gets the opportunity to kind of create their own showcase in a way, even if they don't own the NFT. And we're building out the features that allow you to create a playlist, to create your own custom gallery. And if you were to share it, let's say I, ha- I create a favorite, I create a gallery based on my favorite crypto punks, and I share it on Twitter, and someone comes through my link and ends up buying one of those crypto punks, I, as the curator, get an affiliate fee. So I get a percentage of the sale and I'm, I'm able to kind of earn revenue in the NFT ecosystem without being an artist, without being an ETH whale, I can actually earn, earn income doing this. So yeah, it's this really fun platform that launches in about a month and we've got some amazing artists and brands lined up 
Uh, but at the end of the day, it just comes down to community and being able to interact with this art, being able to communicate with the artists themselves. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. That sounds awesome. I mean, today there definitely is some conversation, but NFTs are not accessible in general. It's accessible for people that understand uh, MetaMask or Ethereum wallets or just crypto in general. I mean, there are some marketplaces like Nifty Gateway where you can use your credit card. But I, I doubt the majority of people, even if they're using the credit card, if you're doing that, you probably still understand how to transfer it somewhere. And so, yeah, there's definitely a major barrier. So any effort to make it more accessible and grow the total population of people that can access NFTs is a great thing, in my opinion. So, so it, all, it, it sounds awesome. The community also does exist today, but I think right now the distinction for you is that you're saying, hey, we put a lot of that conversation in that place and it enables people to come back and the goal is to create engagement there versus right now it's like a mixture between I'm on Twitter commenting on some place, I'm on Discord and another situation. So it's kind of all over the place and distributed. So is that kind of sort of the general direction is that um, people can spend their time there instead and uh, build a following uh, by engaging with other people just around this specific subject matter? Yeah, certainly that's a big part of it. Yeah, you get it. And it's, you know, we want to be the hub. We want to be the meeting place for discussion around NFTs. And that starts with the art and the artists and and collectors and uh, being able to communicate with your collectors or, you know, building out communication and messaging features where the artist can set rules and they can say, okay, anyone who holds my NFT can message me, but nobody else can message me. Or, you know, things, things like that, where we can use this tech and we can check on the blockchain and we can see, okay, this person has this artist in their wallet, so we'll allow them to participate in, you know, private events or special, special bonuses and, and utility for holding specific NFT. So th- these, these won't necessarily happen at launch. We're talking you know, down the road on the roadmap. But even at launch, we, we see this as being the hub of NFTs. Yep. Where there's a lot of, with the, you know, there's Clubhouse, there's Twitter, there's Instagram, there are, of course, the platforms, but artists are really linking their users out to, you know, they'll have, they'll have, a, they'll have a link tree and they'll send their user out to one of eight different places. So we're just thinking about creating one artist's profile to rule them all, right? You can send your users to nifties.com slash Frank Wilder. And that'll be the home of your NFT presence. I know he does a lot on uh, with the Wilderverse and things like that. But just for an example, it would be everything that this artist has ever done on NFTs anywhere, any other platform, they'll show up here. And uh, you're able to kind of customize what that looks like, be able to communicate with the public, communicate with your collectors, people that own your work, and you're able to communicate upcoming drops create a calendar of upcoming releases and uh, really engage. The artists can engage their community that way. So that's, that's a giant part of it. The other part is that we're, we're also brand focused where we're starting to engage with brands and the Nifty's team is, is more than way more than just me. We're actually the, the Nifty's team is, I think we just celebrated our 14th employee. So the team is about 14 people. 
And most of them are engineers and we're working to build on the platform. But there are several people from different backgrounds. We have people that worked in the traditional art space, worked at museums like like MoMA. And uh, we have people that have been you know, executives at crypto companies, executives at media companies, even our CEO, Jeff Marsilio, he came from the NBA. So when we when we formed Nifties, I left Consensus and he left the National Basketball Association. So at his time at the NBA, most recently, was he was responsible, at least from the NBA's perspective, in rolling out the NBA Top Shots project, which obviously is a huge NFT project. So that's his background. You know, he was responsible from from the creator side, from the publisher side, the entertainment side. So he brings with him a ton of connections and experience on the media side. So as we're building this little NFT platform, we're building out tools and solutions and services for the big brands. So the big sporting leagues, big musical acts, big musicians, top artists in this space big entertainment companies, IP holders, like you name it, and we've probably talked to them. And we're actually really close to starting to announce more more and more of these partnerships. I can't give anything away yet, but we're talking to big, you know, big movie studios and big production companies and IP holders. So it's really exciting to get more into this entertainment space because a lot of the brands, you know, you take a look around at all these other platforms and some do a really good job, but uh, these brands are concerned about making sure that their IP, you know, that their work doesn't end up next to uh, something un- unsavory, yep. <laughs> right? Some yeah. of these, these NFTs are a little bit, you know, R-rated. So they, you don't want a Disney princess NFT ending up next to an R-rated NFT, for example. Yeah. So we're building out some protections around that. We're building up a whole account services team where these big media companies are used to having account managers and, and those types of those levels of support. So we're building out a full scale like media slash NFT company and um, building out all these tools and services that they would expect. So we're going big. It's this social social network built on NFTs with a focus on white glove service for brands, amazing art, and this this like seamless experience that is capable of onboarding a non crypto user onboarding, you know, millions of, of casual fans and crypto noobs. That sounds uh, incredible. And it does sound like you have a uh, powerhouse team that's being developed there. I have one uh, question pertaining to sort of like uh, the mission of this, which has to do with in terms of accessibility. You know, I see a lot of celebrities promoting their NFTs. I see like you were, you were talking about artists movie studios, although I don't think I've seen the movie studios yet, but I'm guessing, well, actually, yeah, I've seen some like that. There was the uh, King Kong one the other day. But the question that I was going to have is, where do you see the transition happening towards a broader user base of the NFT world? Because in a lot of the people that I look at uh, in the conversations on Twitter, you have people talking about like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the heistnunc.xyz or whatever that is which is uh, built on Tezos, it's like impossible. Well, because I'm in New York, I can't even get Tezos. Like there's not an easy way for me to get it, at least that was accessible. In other words, I basically can't access that site. And if I can't access that site, then the vast majority of people can't access it, which also means that like NFTs in general, 
uh, in many ways are not accessible. On the flip side, there's a large community of people who I think that's kind of part of the appeal of it. Like DeFi in many ways is inaccessible as well. There's people trying to develop things to make it accessible, but it doesn't exist today. I'm curious what you think, like, what is the thing that fills that gap? I think there's uh, people that are, you know, trying to, I think step one was people seeing a lot of people make money. And that's why they're now like creating their own NFTs and be like, oh my God, how do I get in on this craze? But the second part of this is like, where do you see that shifting into many more people being involved in this space once it is accessible? And what is that trigger? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think a lot of people are trying to solve that. Um, For us, what we think about is what we kind of some of the things that I already discussed, like brands and building community. And I, I think that's really where it's worth spending a lot of time. Yeah, there's there's a ton of hype. Everyone paid attention when people did a $69 million sale. Some artists are able to just jump on the nifty gateway, scribble on an iPad and sell millions of dollars, right? Like everyone knows that there are good actors and, and, and not so good actors in this space. What I've found, and it's really refreshing in some of these partners and artist discussions that I'm having, is that more and more people that I'm talking to are recognize this and are not in a quick cash grab. Of course, there's money to be made and everybody needs to make money to live. And that's kind of, the, that's kind of important. But finding something sustainable, something that allows you to keep hold of your, your community and not, and not necessarily just like sell them and move on to the next shiny object, but really utilize this technology to keep the audience more engaged. Uh, we're, you know, we're on calls with top brands. I'll, I'll just, I'll just tell you like the NFL doesn't care about making an extra 4 million bucks, right? Mm-hmm. They care about creating long-term fan engagement. So they're not necessarily interested in flipping, you know, spending a weekend and flipping some, officially licensed NFL art, although that would be really cool. But they're, they're interested in, in something a little bit more of a slow burn with something that builds long-term fan engagement. So we're actually building out some of these tools on the Nifty side, which allows these big brands to slowly enter the space uh, and, and more strategically enter the space where it's maybe you give away the NFTs and the NFTs almost act like avatars and you're able to evolve with your, with your NFT and you're able to take, you know, you're able to, to operate on the, on the Nifty's platform and it's not just a quick cash grab, but you're, it's almost like a marketing slash like game essentially. So it's like this gamified social experience potentially within the world of NFTs. So we're, it's early on and we're going to see lots of hype. We may see what some people may call like a top <laughs> and a crash, maybe in terms of like the prices of like average sales or something like that. I don't know. But this is this is game changing technology. And that's just like ownership of digital assets and the what you can do with them and how how you can incentivize your following and how you can get your user into like the economics of it all. You can remove the middleman. It just allows for this previously unknown amount of or unheard of amount of interaction and interactivity for the for the community. So 
long term, it's up and to the right. There may be some crazy sales and then some crazy dips, but we're kind of taking the, the slow growth approach here. Yeah, and that, that sounds like a smart move. And uh, via the partnerships that you're mentioning, it's also great to associate yourself uh, with those brands and you know the value that it gets from an adoption standpoint on your end. Uh, it's sort of a win-win scenario. I have one last question about that, which is, so are you thinking mobile? And I'm assuming you're starting on the web or I, that's just one assumption. And then the second question associated with that is, are you thinking of making this like an accessible wallet in terms of storing these NFTs? Do you want to operate in that? And I actually, there's one third. Uh, so this is a three-part question. The third, the third part is, uh, are you going to be using your own tokens to buy it? Or uh, do you plan on making it accessible for everybody via like a credit card or something like that? Great question. Just because you asked it last, I'll, go, I'll start with that one. We do want to make it accessible for everybody. So there will be no Nifty's token. You'll be able to pay with credit card. But then if you also want to deposit ETH or whatever token, you can do that as well. So it's some of these features may be phased in. But the whole idea is to make it easy for anybody, even if it's their first time playing with NFTs. So you'd be able to connect a credit card and uh, pay in USD. And then if you wanted to, then get involved and start collecting fungible tokens and crypto and getting going that direction you can. And then there'll also be some, some special sales and drops for a particular token, and that's the meme token. So there'll be some fun ways to get the meme community checking out the Nifty's product where perhaps the particular drop is only available or can only be bought in meme or it's otherwise gated to to just meme holders or maybe an artist drops five pieces onto nifties but in order to complete complete your collection you you need to go to meme to finish out the collection so there's a lot of overlaps there but th- yeah to answer that question the goal is to to provide payments in both crypto and and credit cards um, you asked about mobile, and mobile is at the top of the list. It won't happen at launch, but we want to get in there uh, as soon as possible because this is a social experience. This is a visual experience. We don't want to reserve it just to the desktop, so it needs to be in, in people's hands as early as possible. So we're we're working that out as well. And at launch, it'll work with with MetaMask on the desktop, where it'll it'll work you'll be able to create an account and connect your metamask wallet you'll be able to connect multiple wallets so if you wanted to see your collection and maybe you've got certain nfts and and your metamask and you've got other nfts on your ledger you'd be able to connect wallets connect multiple wallets and view them all in your collection and at some point there may be really the end goal is to simplify as as i've been saying so uh, we realize that metamask isn't always easiest to use so we're working on different different options. Uh, you'll always be able to connect the MetaMask, but for new users who aren't comfortable with with MetaMask, we're working on additional options of like smart contract wallets, semi custodial wallets, so that type of thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you know it, it's it's natural at this moment in time. It's so early on uh, that there's a lot of. It's actually difficult at the same time because the opportunity is so massive. Trying to, I'm imagining constrain your product roadmap to a limited subset of features is incredibly difficult right now at this moment because the opportunity is so vast. But 
it's clear, you know, with uh, the success of Meme and uh, your ability to execute on that in a short period of time, it's quite impressive. I know that I definitely would not be able to pull something off like that in a week and a half, as you said, although, you know, the website now has been developed over many months, but it's still impressive how far it's come. Uh, and I'm sure uh, we'll be just as impressed with Nifty's. Appreciate that. And yeah, I can't take I can't take much of any credit besides posting a silly a silly tweet and then just kind of following the lead of other people in the in the community. And yeah, I'm kind of face, the face of meme and somewhat the face of Nifty's. But it's it's amazing internal team, the engineers that just stepped up in the early days to build out meme. They're my co-founders at meme, and then also now my co-founders at Nifty's, Eric and Chris. They've done a tremendous job of like of just conceptualizing and building out this product. And we wouldn't be anywhere without our community, incredible meme community, both the Citadel, which is reserved for uh, people who hold a bunch of tokens, and then the general public telegram group, which there, it's a subculture. It's, it really is. And uh, we we have a lot of fun, but we wouldn't be anywhere with, without the people. And um, same as, as the Nifty side, there's amazing talent here. And it's super exciting as someone, you know, meme has been around for eight eight months or so. And I think that makes us officially like veterans in the space, <laughs> which is crazy. But um, everybody in the NFT space, as, as a guy who came from the DeFi side, crypto, this seems kind of cliche because everybody talks about this now, I think. But like the NFT community is really second to none. And most everybody has been super welcoming to, you know, new new developers and people just trying to experiment in this space. The meme community is so cool just because the NFT community in general is as amazing as it is. Yeah, this is a, it really is a phenomenal community and I'm grateful to have connected with uh, people like yourself in this community. Uh, so I do appreciate you coming on. Before leaving, I have two uh, last questions for you. One is how people can get in touch with you. Two, which is not related to how they can get in touch, is do you plan on offering a you know, special uh, launch opportunity to Nifties for the people in the meme community? Yeah, so I can be reached at Jordan Lyle on Twitter, J-O-R-D-A-N-L-Y-A-L-L. Also, check out don'tbuymeme.com. And yeah, to answer your question, there'll be there'll be definitely some perks and benefits for being a meme holder, for participating in the meme community uh, once Nifties is launched. I'm going to have to go get myself some pineapples. Do it. <laughs> don't, don't buy meme, though. Okay, I'll make sure not to. <laughs> All right. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks, Nick. That was fun. That's it for this episode of the Nifty Nick podcast. And if you made it this far, make sure to subscribe at thenifty.com. Thanks again.